podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. How does the offer of free beer sound? Well, in isolation, I think that sounds pretty good, lads. Me too. Yes, please. My brain, isn't it? Who's turning down free beer? Well... <laughs> Well, all you need to do, you can go to www.beer52.com forward slash barmy and you get eight free beers. All you've got to do is pay your postage and packaging. It's like six quid or something. And then you get eight globally sourced, fresh as can be craft beers and they send them straight to your door. I think that sounds pretty good. Amazing. I actually, um, I've jumped the gun a bit, lads, to to be completely truthful. My eight free beers arrived on Friday, and by Sunday, I only had two left, and it was the two I was putting off, but they turned out to be very nice. Um, I'll be honest, lads, I'm not a massive craft beer drinker. Now, I think I might be because there was a lot of variety, a lot of variance in strengths as well. I saved the 6.8% until the Sunday, but um, very, very enjoyable slurps and, and a very um, nice way to receive beers. Perfect. Don't isn't the from don't they send them from all different parts of the world? So there's like some from like the Alps, some from New Zealand, the USA, which I'll be honest, aren't, aren't sort of notorious for their amazing lager, but I'm I'm willing to give it a try. Ireland, Korea, Germany. It's from all around the world, Chris. So I think if you're really interested and you fancy a bit of beer to get you through self-isolation, go to beer52.com forward slash barmy. You get a free case of eight beers for five ninety five postage and packaging. That's beer52.com forward slash barmy. Free beer. Hello and a very warm welcome back to the Shackles Are Off podcast. And of course, it is, without bragging too much, it is the UK's number one cricket podcast produced by England's Barmy Army, the best supporters group in the world. Now, I'm with Jack Brooks and Chris Millard. How are you, lads? Hey up, Greggy lad. All right, Millard. Hello, boys. How are we dealing with the week seven of isolation? Who's texting you? Have you got a message? Yes, it was actually an email, funnily enough. Uh, was it? Busy busy man, Brooks, isn't he? Busy man. Um, Work never stops for the Barmy Army's chief exec, does it? <laughs> we love it. Um, also, thank you if you have been getting in touch and also writing reviews and sort of giving us ratings on iTunes and stuff. We have not found our listener from Mongolia yet, but we have found a listener from Mozambique. Kate, oh. Katie Cook got in touch with you, Chris. That was pretty cool. Look, we've got listeners everywhere, lads. And uh, we were just talking about this before we recorded. People in Spain, people in Russia, New Zealand, Australia, America, all over the place. If you are from one of those countries, we want you to get in touch and set up your own little joint club, if you like, of the Barmy Army. We want to set up your own branch and then let us know where you are and send us some proof of you listening to it. Come on, you're not doing anything else at the minute. We've got plenty of fans all over the world. We know that. We've got um, emails, but we haven't got everyone's, um, the knowledge of everyone who listens to this pod. We just know what country you're in. So we'd love to know who you are. We've got fan groups all over the world. We've got one in the UAE. We've got fan groups all across Australia. We've got the Perth Barmies, the Adelaide Barmies, the Melbourne Barmies, the Sydney Barmies, and of course, the Brisbane Barmies. But 
We would love to hear from everyone. If you're in Holland, if you're in Norway, if you're in Slovenia, Russia, we'd love to have a Barmy Army contingent where you're from. So please get in touch. The Balkan Barmies. That'd be good, wouldn't it? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> This episode, then, lads, we've, we're looking forward to it. It's a relaxed kind of vibe. There's a little twist in the tale later on because we're actually going to pit the England captain, Joe Root, who's coming on for his second appearance on the Shackles Are podcast, against his brother, Billy Root, Glamorgan and former Nottinghamshire batsman as well, in a little quiz-type Mr and Mrs scenario. I think this is going to be really good fun, lads. We've obviously heard from Joe a lot. but very Radio 4 then, Greggy. Did I? Did, did I? Well, I, I, am, I am sat sort of where the studio is just sat sort of behind me somewhere. I don't know why I'm pointing this a podcast. Uh, <laughs> what, but... what are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> uh, I think people are looking at me a little bit funny, especially since we've actually got the beer 52s on the go as well, haven't we? So, yeah, very good. Well, bro- lovely little drop. It is lovely, isn't it? Lovely, very are nice. You, are you on the stout or are you on the uh, lighter one? No, mine's the, mine's the Belgian style white ale brewed with spices, and it's four point nine percent. So a couple of those, and I'll be falling off the chair. So if it all yeah, goes, well. <laughs> thanks, Broxy. Thank you very much. Loving that. Like <laughs> we um Billy Root, Joe Root. It's going to be exciting. We've all obviously heard from Joe, but a lot's happened since we last had him on the podcast. Obviously, he's won the World Cup, captain in the Ashes, um, got married. He's had loads of different things happen. So I think um, it'll be good baby, to hear from him. Baby number one and baby number two on the way. It's um, been a quite an expensive couple of years for Joe these past few years, but he's done all right, I think. I think so. I think he has. And obviously, a teammate of yours. And you know you know Billy a little bit as well, Brooksy, don't you? So Yeah, yeah. More socially. I played against him a few times when he, went, um, when he was at Leeds Uni um, in between his... Yorkshire Academy and Nottinghamshire con- contract. I think he was at Union Leeds, wasn't he, for three yeah. years? And um, used to see him out and about. He used to play darts in, in uh, a local that I live near as well. <laughs> um, yeah, no, he's just he's a good kid, isn't he? He's a good kid. Yeah. Good sportsman, good dart player. Arguably more talented than Joe. Yeah, naturally, probably when they were younger. I'd be interesting to talk about that with them. But um, yeah, he's just a he's a good kid, and it's good to see he's settled in a, in Cardiff now, isn't he? he Welshman. Is. Yeah, he is a Welshman. Yeah, well, definitely. Do you think he has to speak Welsh to um, play for Glamorgan? Do you reckon he puts some, you know, if you like play football in Spain, you get put on. barely speak English, though. You never speak Welsh in the dressing room. (laughs) Yeah. You Sheffield Sheffield types. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, dear. Well, looking forward to hearing from both of them as well. And um, like I said, do do get in touch with us. You know, we are wanting to be in touch with people and especially if you listen to the podcast. So rate, review, subscribe, comment, etc. Give us a little nudge on social media. And in the meantime, sit back, relax, think about what you're going to say whilst you listen to Joe Root and Billy Root on the Shackles Are Off podcast. I've been listening, boys. I've been listening to your pods, yeah. Have you actually been listening? Of course I have, yeah, yeah, yeah. Good lads. I've not heard the last couple. uh, Who was the last one? Uh, I went right back. I I listened to Bellies the other day. That was good. Did you? Enjoyed that. Yeah, yeah, it was good. It was good. Nice to get a bit of feedback from actual cricketers who might listen to it. Brooks is interesting. Greg is interesting. It's uh, (laughs) the listeners. All the guests are interesting, so. First time you've ever said that about me, mate. (laughs) I tell you what, it's been really good because we've had um, we've had a few of your 
teammates on. And, you know, like the younger lads, Sibbers, Bessie, yeah. Craw, they've been really good value and really sound as well, actually. Good lads. So, they are good lads, aren't they? Yeah, proper, great lads. properly good lads. And um, we don't need to go Ooh, over you. the fact that Crawley's... <laughs> well, you set, you set me up because I thought that you were setting Crawley up. And I was like, oh, this sounds good, you know, the story. And I thought he was going to squirm and hate it. And then when he sort of stood up a little bit and shoulders went back and I could think, I was thinking this... He's telling this story quite well here. And then he's just gone in and absolutely mugged me off and now look like a right idiot. And it's there, you know, till the end of time. So, thanks for that. It's a good one, isn't it? It's a very good one. I didn't see it coming, to be fair. So bad he just... I wasn't involved in the direct conversation because it probably stitched me up too. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, dear. Well, thanks for coming back on, mate, and making a second appearance with us. It's nearly... It's nearly two years to the day since she came on. Been a quiet couple of years as well, hasn't it? You got married, World Cup, Ashes. Uh, for me, the coolest thing came a couple of weeks ago, though, when you were playing your tunes on Radio One. Uh, <laughs> that was that was brilliant. Um, and some you picked terror tunes. Some good ones, though. Actually, I've got to say. <laughs> yeah. The thing with it was it had to be after two thousand, so that scuppered a bit of my natural choice. Well, I don't know whether I'd have gone with Oasis, but I had a, f- a few oldies which I'd have gone for, mm. which had a bit of sentimental value and stuff. So, And as well, you sort of don't go with what you've listened to recently, don't you, as well? You've got to go a little bit mainstream. You've got to be careful about what language is in it. Um, Bro. With it being on the radio, so. I think he should just yeah. give you a job at Radio 1 now, to be fair, mate. Lining up a future career, Greggy. Your, um, your shoes will be filled, mate. Absolutely. Well, I only read the weather on Radio 4, according to you. Yeah, so. sorry, <laughs> Look, there's so much has happened uh, in seriousness. I don't know really where to start, to be honest. We were all scratching our heads, weren't we, lads, about where to start with Ruti. But we'll we'll just start with the obvious, I think. Get the obvious out of the way. The World Cup. I suspect you have probably talked about this quite a lot since that day in Lords um, last year. Have you enjoyed what has come with it? Because I, I can imagine that the day itself is actually a bit of a blur now. But I suppose the more that you revisit it, the more stuff that you probably just start to remember. So is that is that actually quite nice, or is it a bit annoying? Um, it was. I tell you what was really nice was doing, watching the the watch along um, yeah. a few weeks back, and sort of there were things that I'd recently forgotten about, and things that you sort of I can't believe that I, that's not stuck in my memory to be honest, because it was such a vital part of the game, and uh, how late on everything seemed to happen that was quite controversial, or you know, like Ben's. That when it went for five, you, I thought that happened a lot earlier than it actually did. <laughs> I thought it was like four overs to go still. Um, and, and similarly with the catch on the boundary, I thought that was like about seven or eight overs left. So you sort of relive things slightly differently and everything. I just can't believe how much happened in that short space of time uh, at the back end of the game. But I've, I'll never get bored about talking about it. I'll never get bored uh, thinking about it, reliving it. It was an unbelievable four years journey, not just the, the final itself, the whole tournament, everything that preceded that. And you know, when you look back at it, we we were the number one side in the world going into the tournament. But you look at the actual tournament and it wasn't plain sailing. We weren't playing outstanding cricket the whole time. We had our ups and downs. We, we got it wrong in a couple of games. But when it really mattered, um, you know, we stood up as a group and, and managed to somehow sneak across the line in that final. 
sneak across the line. I've always wanted to ask you about that final is, did you actually enjoy it? Were you able to enjoy it when you were there in the moment or have you enjoyed it more watching it back after? I certainly enjoyed after that, uh, after the run out from that point onwards, the rest of the night was fantastic. <laughs> um, the, the last 10 overs of our innings um, was, well, it was hard to watch for everyone, wasn't it? It was, yeah. um, I mean, it was great entertainment, uh, but when you know there's so much on the line and you work so hard towards those, that, that exact moment um, and you just sort of see Ben running out of partners, um, was, yeah. It was quite difficult to to watch, but the whole time you sort of sat there watching and planning it out, like, what do we need off the next couple of overs? What do we want off the last over sort of thing? And yeah. you know, how much can Ben get, if you like? Um, and then the, you forget to, the, you know, the first two balls out last over, only they were both dot balls. He didn't take a run. Uh, the composure that he showed, the, the way that he just backed himself to... Um, stay calm in that moment and, and finish it on his own was incredible. So, um, yeah, the, the less said about my innings in that, in that final, the better. Um, <laughs> you scored, but what a day. You scored the first hundred of the tournament though, which is something that I only learned on a quiz that I was doing last week. And uh, that was, I mean, that's pretty cool, isn't it? I mean, so, and it seemed like everybody in the team made contributions at some stage in the tournament, didn't it? I mean, Johnny scored two really great hundreds to actually get you into the knockout stage, for example. That gets overlooked quite a lot, doesn't it? So it's quite nice as a group of players that you all kind of contributed. Just talk to me about that morning, because I can't quite fathom. I mean, I drove down to Lords to watch that day from Sheffield. It was silly o'clock in the morning. I was kind of half asleep for most of the way and had a couple of coffees. And obviously, I'm not playing. I'm just watching. So it was different for me. And the same with a lot of people. But for you, what do you do when you wake up on the morning of the World Cup final? Like, what what is the feeling? I mean, I suppose there's nothing really you can do, is there, at that stage? But the nerves and what do you do? Who are you with? Were you with the team? Were you with, you know, your wife? What What were you doing that morning? Um, got out of bed, went for breakfast. <laughs> um, went to the, it just it's it wasn't just another day. It wasn't yeah. just another day. I'd be lying if I was saying you know we got up, we turned up, we just we went went through what we do in preparation, sang the national anthem, walked out, and we just went and played cricket. It, I'd be lying if I said it was as, as straightforward as that. But the whole time, you it's more the night before. Once the day starts, you you're fine, but you're into it. So just. We trained in the morning and then you've got the whole afternoon and you're sort of waiting. For, it's like waiting for Christmas the next day when you're a kid, when you're 10 years old and you're waiting for Christmas morning. You're like, right, try and get to sleep early and you end up staying awake longer because you're just so desperate to get to sleep and the days have come round. Um, it was a bit like that, really. And then you get to the ground and there are a few nerves around. There's a bit of weather around as well. So preparation wasn't exactly how you might want it. Um you just just get on with it you think world cup final um what what an occasion to be a part of um and you just got to try and soak as much of it in as you can remember trying to sing the national anthem as loud as possible um i'm so glad the the mic didn't pick up uh (laughs) some of the lads because it was was a bit it wasn't make a great hearing but um yeah it was incredible my Incredible day. memory from that morning of the final was it'd be a lot different to yours, Joe. But I had to meet the um, one of the directors at the tournament because they'd thankfully given the Barmy Army 200 tickets to 
have an atmosphere that day. So I had to pick up from outside the stadium 200 tickets then walk it to the Danubius Hotel on the corner. These tickets, there was people outside queuing for miles and paying thousands upon thousands. And I was there with my little Barmy Army zip-up jacket on with 200 tickets to the final one. <laughs> I'm, I'm worth quite a lot of money now with all these tickets. <laughs> you were. To the hands of the, um, of the real fans of the Barmy Army were there all day. What was that like, Joe, having the Barmy Army in Lords for the first time? You know, I thought the atmosphere within the ground was electric. It really was. And you could tell, like, the raw emotion. You look back at some of the footage, the, the montages that you see on um, played back and... Um, throughout the whole day and the pure raw emotion was it was unbelievable it just showed how much it meant to everyone in the ground you saw the scenes um you know out in in london in the streets of london um, watching on the big screen and across the country as well people sending videos in it the support that we had and we have all the time you know how much i appreciate the support of the barmy army and the guy the current players and Anyone that plays for England really appreciates. We're, we're so lucky. We've got the best fans in the world, without a doubt. And it does make a big difference. Um, it's easy to say that, but it genuinely does. And um, it means a hell of a lot to, to the group, for sure. Also, as well, in those celebrations immediately after the run out, I remember there's a great cutaway of you and you sort of jump on Johnny Bairstow. And it's like a really nice moment because you've obviously grown up playing together and whatever. And you're just sort of hitting him on the side of the head. <laughs> I mean, you, you, all that must be a blur, surely. And it's just so good you've got it on film to remember it. But those kind of 10 minutes must just be like bleh, all over the place. Yeah, I just thought it's the one chance I'll get to, to get a few digs in without any any comeback. So I just get him in early. Um, you just sort of lose yourself in a moment. I think the, the nicest thing about that was... Um, from where we, so where Jason picked up the ball and threw it in, in that direct line behind Joss, from, from Jason to Joss behind them was where the, first of all, the pavilion was um, and, and our balcony in particular. So you can, as we're running towards Joss when he's wheeled away and his gloves have gone up in the air and he's sort of, Joffre's on, on the floor somewhere doing a cleansman and, and then realises no one else is around. So he's quickly got up and joined in. Um, but everyone sort of charged over to that bottom corner and all of the families were in that bottom corner. Um, so your immediate, the first thing you see is all of the guys that have worked extremely hard with you to get to this point. So all the coaching staff, all the backroom staff, all the people that never get mentioned really. All the guys that were in the squad that weren't playing, they were sat in that corner as well. So immediately they're straight on the field and they can enjoy that moment with you as well. And straight above them is all of the families and all of the people behind the scenes that allow it all to happen. All the mums and dads that throw everyone up and down the country for years and years, all the wives that have to put up with them, the moaning and the travel and the, um, you know, the long tours away from home. And, and the first, that was the first thing we saw and the first thing we got to enjoy was seeing their elation and their, celebrations as well um and and also trying to soak in a whole atmosphere of the ground which was just <laughs> magical do you reckon you'll ever see really lords was. like that again because lords is never like that is it and it, i mean it's so special all the music and stuff during play and the way that they embraced that was brilliant wasn't it do you'll ever see it like that again uh, I, I don't think you'll see many games of cricket like that again 
Um, you know, for 80-odd overs, for pretty much nothing to happen for 80-odd overs, and then about three or four games worth of cricket in the last <laughs> 20 overs um, was something that you just never really see. And for it to be a World Cup final, I, you've got to you've got to feel for New Zealand. I'd be wrong to say, like, imagine being on the other side of that as a, as a player. Uh, we're obviously involved in the World Cup T20 in, in um, Calcutta and when um, Ben got it for four sixes and... I know that was that was really hard to take, but you can't even imagine losing a super over like that. Um, the way it all unraveled, it, it was it was a very cruel way for the for for them to have to um, take losing that final. But I was going to say, like um, you're good pals with Kane, aren't you? From Yorkshire days, did you get a chance to have a word or a beer? Did they come in the change room, or did you? They just want to get out of there as soon as because they would have just been broken, wouldn't they? Yeah, I mean they obviously um, they were obviously really. Good, as you, and it's it's very difficult to find the right thing to say as well, because um, you're obviously over the moon. Can't believe what's happened. You've been involved in one of the greatest one-day games of cricket. It's the World Cup final, first time England have won it, and all of a sudden you you sort of flooded with these emotions of, um, you know, you're seeing it, the despair, and you as a as a fellow professional, to uh, you never really want to see other guys that have worked, you know, they worked as hard as we did. They went on a similar sort of journey. They, they lost the previous final as well. And it, it must have been very difficult for them to take. And um, I tell you what was, it was really nice to, to catch up with them properly more when we went to New Zealand in the winter, um, go out for some, some food and stuff and, and just chill out and, and catch up properly then because it just, it, it just didn't really feel like the right time. Uh, but they're the most great, gracious uh, team we play against we always in, enjoy playing on the field against them enjoy spending time with them off the field as well they're a great bunch of lads with a great leader Kane's a brilliant bloke Brooks you know you've played a lot of cricket with him yeah um, uh, and you know they're great ambassadors of the game I, I watched that um, the last bit of the final from the um, the, the food room at Headingley because Somerset were playing up at Headingley that, that day I think it was like day three or three of a champo game or something. And um, there were so many people crowded into that dining room. And it was the liveliest and loudest I'd ever seen. You got two teams, families, staff. It was it was epic, mate. It was class. Everyone was jumping around. No one wanted to go home. <laughs> it's getting on late as well. <laughs> it's brilliant, isn't it? There's some amazing memories from that day and some footage of like people you'd never thought you'd see. I remember watching on BBC News in the morning, the montages, and we were getting inundate with videos of people wanting to share their winning moment online just like it really did inspire the next generation captured the nation didn't it we got invited on a um a show for graham swan the day after and got told, just told to sit there like on the soccer am panel and do the conga with monty into the studio we didn't get until four <laughs> monty there of course <laughs> I, I love all that. There was not much time off before the Ashes, was there? Because it was such a tight turnaround. What did you do in that in that time? Was it a bit flat and a bit odd? Because you've obviously had such a high and then it's like, right, we need to actually go again. Because ordinarily, the Ashes would be like the most important thing of that entire year. And you've had four, because you've had, you'd had four years build up to, to the World Cup. And a lot of people forget that. Your casual sort of cricket fan, you just thinks it's that tournament or that whatever. And the real cricket badges amongst us know that obviously it was, you know, four years in the making. What what do you do for, for the week or two or three after it 
because it was just so odd, wasn't it? And there was that obviously test against Ireland at, at Lords, which was interesting, where Leachy got runs. And <laughs> I'm not sure if that was if that was. Uh, well, yeah. Well, all right. I, I won't bring that up. But it was, it, it was. What do you do? Like, what did you? What did you do in that time? And how did you feel about it? Well, from what I remember, the final was on a was it on the Sunday? Yeah, or was yeah. It on the Saturday. It was on yeah. the Sunday, wasn't it? So I remember the the following Friday. So the the the, the Friday that preceded that uh, that followed that sorry was we we had a camp at St George's Park like an Ashes camp. So we basically had uh, all of the Monday we did. I think ten o'clock we were at the Oval for. Um, there was yeah. kids on the outfield and we were throwing balls and having little games of cricket and doing a bit of media and uh, that was interesting. Uh, some very, dusty, very dust, dusty players uh, that, <laughs> that morning. A lot of sunglasses action going on there. Um, and then we went to Downing Street later on that, that evening. Um, what was so that like? Well, you're not you're not you're not skirting over Downing Street easily. Come on, what happened at Downing Street? Was it was it? Obviously, it wasn't as eventful as the 05 Ashes lot. You know, no, it wasn't. It wasn't. <laughs> I don't think it was in the same league as that. <laughs> um, if I'm being really honest, but um, it was it was interesting. I've never been before, so it's nice to have a little nosy round. Did you go um, and sit in the cabinet office, stick your feet on the table, anything like that? No, no, uh, just. Just enjoy the cold beer in the garden. Um, what did Teresa have to drink? Cricket. I can't remember, you know. I can't <laughs> remember. I'm not even sure she did, but it was it was a nice That's thing cool. to do um, as a team. Yeah, to be honest, I can't remember much of that day. <laughs> brutally honest. <laughs> and then, um, and then, a, you know, we try and regroup, have a few days at home. We rested quite a lot of players for the Ireland game, but. We had the whole squad, like a wider squad there for the for the weekend at St. George's Park. And then I think we had, we went straight down from, so we had that Friday, meet up Friday night, Saturday, Sunday, then travel down to, to Lords, train Monday, Tuesday, play Wednesday. Um, so it literally was a couple of days at home. Try and regroup, refresh, get your Red Bull head on, hat on. And it was straight in. And there, I think uh, there was only me and, Maybe Johnny, that played from the World Cup final in that in that Ireland game, uh, and then it, it was pretty much right. We've got a great opportunity um, to try and use this this four day this four four days first game against Ireland in, in Test match at Lords um, should be an amazing occasion. Try and get some runs, bowl them out twice, and. Know, feeling really good spirits going into the ashes, but the wicket that we had was not exactly what we uh, we were after. Uh, <laughs> made for an interesting few days cricket, and you know what, Leachy played out of his skin. He was fantastic. Um, bit of a lesson to some of the guys, um, but yeah, it was it was what it was, and um, we we couldn't we couldn't do much about it. It was very rushed. It wasn't like we had. Um, four weeks build up or even like the world before the world cup where there was uh what was it six games against pakistan before the world cup then there was two warm-up games before the tournament yeah. started so there's eight one days before we actually played a, a competitive world cup game we had one four day against ireland and that's just the way the schedule worked and we had to we knew that that was gonna the case that was the case for a long time out but we we'd not played any Test cricket since the West Indies in, in I think finished in March. 
It's a long time. So it, it was it was unusual. It's not something that normally happens in England. You normally play a, a, a series at the start of the summer, some one day cricket in the middle, and then uh, another test series at the back end. Um, so there was a lot of a long time be- between the majority of the squad playing Red Bull cricket, um, and then straight into an Ashes. And and I think it did take a few of the guys a bit of time to adjust. And it took a few of guys, a few of the guys as well, to to get over the winning a World Cup and now not having a couple of weeks a month to be able to soak it in, enjoy it, really make the most of it before all of a sudden you're back into the highest of pressures of cricket uh, on the biggest biggest stage. So it was a difficult one. It was slightly weird. It was it was different. Uh, we knew because a lot of the guys had played in the World Cup for Australia, they'd be right up for it and uh, we were right up against it because they've got some fantastic players. Um, and it was a real shame that we we couldn't we couldn't beat them, but um, it was nice to make sure that they didn't win the series. It was such a good series, though, wasn't it? It was so good. Like you know, we all agree how exciting it was. And in a way, you know, the the, the Stokesy moment. I mean, everyone loves him. The Barmy Army loves him. You know, Brooksy loves him. Millard loves him. I love him. Do you love him? <laughs> of course. <laughs> that was. I mean, that was just unbelievable. I, I, keep watching it over and over again now and I think people will forever another thing I wanted to ask you on on that series was I mean we've talked about this with every guest actually that would come on because we're still trying to get to the bottom of the fact that the Aussies brought out this documentary have you watched the documentary first of all I've watched the first four episodes right okay the test we're on about of course uh, for the listeners on Amazon I enjoyed it because there's some really good bits of footage and there's some really cool moments and stuff. Could you watch that and enjoy it? Would you want a camera following you round, you know, in the England dressing room? I'm, I'm, I'm not sure. You know what? The, the the point that I'm at is they're halfway through. I think they've just been knocked out of the World Cup. Right. Um, that's, a, that's a nice place. So I've not even to got off. to the Ashes. <laughs> right. Yeah. Um, so I don't really want to watch any further uh, because yeah. I'm quite happy with where I'm at. Um, <laughs> It's it's a difficult one to say until you've watched the whole thing. Uh, yeah. If I'm being brutally honest, yeah. whether would I would I like? I think it, it'd be interesting. It'd be nice to be able to share our story for people to come on a journey behind the scenes. Would you get a true reflection of what really happens? You'd like to think so. We've got some very honest, open guys. Um, you just don't know if it would actually change the dynamic of the dressing room. And when you you know you look at just having won a World Cup, would you really want to potentially mess with? what we feel is a really good thing at the minute. We've got a good thing going. Do you want a camera in there all the time, looking at everything that you're doing? Um, you want to feel like you can properly express yourself and you know, not be worried about having the old blow up when you get out in the dressing room and not being judged for it. Uh, it those raw emotions are what generally bring the best out of players. You look at someone like Ben, he wears his heart on his sleeve and he goes out and plays in that manner. Mm. You, you wouldn't want to take that away from him and, do, and you wouldn't could. want to potentially but it, it's it's difficult until you've done it and you've you experienced it you you never really know so i wouldn't i wouldn't necessarily close the door on it completely personally but uh, i'd be very wary of it especially initially what i will say yeah. actually to be fair is that you guys and i mean this about yourself i mean this about every player at the moment you're all so accessible and we you know we all hear enough from you on so many things you go on so many radio programs and TV shows and do the watch alongs and all that 
people people feel like they know you anyway. So we, we don't need to be in the dressing room. Leave us out of it. That's what I'd say. That's a credit to you guys. Um, were you part of the cricket in Yorkshire one that um, York when, when they won the champo? Because we've yeah, spoken about that was on it a couple of times. Okay, that was that was was he that popped in for a couple of games. He was playing a couple of obviously international cricket all summer, but he did play some twenty twenty for us. I think he was on one episode in the background because I called him a competition winner. <laughs> <laughs> So uh, you know, yeah, it was that, that was the year after I was John Terry'd it, wasn't it? <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. I didn't want to, I didn't want to say that. Uh, Millard's gone. Sorry. I thought I'd get that in before one of you. I knew it was coming. So <laughs> well, at least you played, mate. You didn't just turn up with a shot. <laughs> you skipped the game, didn't you? Yeah. So skipping on the, itself that team. <laughs> on the documentary, there's a point where. Well, it's not in the documentary, it's well documented, but there's a point where right at the start of the series, Tim Payne mentions the crowd, Edgebaston, the atmosphere. And that did a lot of good, I think, for the English fans. I don't know if that was felt in the dressing room as well. I don't know if you saw that or what your thoughts of that, thinking, oh, I'm not sure he's played at Edgebaston before if he's not saying it's quite a ferocious place to play. Because he does later go on and say, yeah, I was wrong pretty much. What did you think to that? Uh I wasn't surprised that he said it. It's a very like Australian sort of way to handle the occasion. You look back at someone like McGrath five nil every time yeah. uh, before the start of the series, and um, that was their way of coping with it, I suppose. And and you see, one thing that we're always blessed with wherever we go, home and away, um, is fantastic support and edge bass in the atmosphere and the noise that we get in that ground. It is frightening. It's it is such a good place to play cricket, and it's such a good place to. You have to keep, especially if Johnny's playing. You have to keep every two balls. Come on, Johnny, concentrate, mate. He's always lost in the crowd. Um, you almost have to drag him back, and it's um, it's just how it is there because it is electric, um, and definitely you definitely feel that on the field for sure. We feel that as a home team, so I can't imagine what it's like as an opposing team, but. One thing I always feel that the the fans get right is it's it is it's not abuse, it's banter and it is it's in good spirits. Yeah. Good good cricket is appreciated um and enjoyed across the board. It doesn't matter who from. Um it was pretty brutal for if I'm being honest, it, it did look pretty brutal for Smith and Warner throughout that series for periods. Um no, but that's that's for people to make their own mind up about. Um, that, that's my opinion. But um, I wouldn't change it for the for the world. We're, we are so lucky to get the the support we do. It's it's great. <laughs> you can see Millard uh, fist pumping. Loves it. Just breaking away from the podcast for a minute to tell you about the Barmy Army membership. Our membership is the lifeblood of the Barmy Army and your subscriptions allow us to carry on working hard behind the scenes to maximise the enjoyment for English cricket fans. I know we can't all be there at the minute, but normally we're both home and overseas. That's what we're famed for, our tour experience, as you know, listening to this podcast. 
but we want to make sure that all of our audience have access to our membership because we think it's really something that is worthwhile doing for any cricket fan whatsoever. Chris, how much money are we talking? And also, what do you get as well? Because there's quite a lot of benefits. Absolutely. For only £30 per year, that's average price of a round of drinks in London. You might get two rounds out of it up here in Sheffield. But <laughs> you get a whole host of benefits. You get priority access to England tickets, both home and overseas. We work really hard to get a ticket option on overseas tours now as well for everyone. Uh, cricket events such as T20 Finals Day that aren't England games, but we do get access to those tickets as well. Discounts on a wide range of brands such as 20% off New Balance, 15% off Loop Rope and Menswear, and 10% off CM Loon. So you've covered everything from exercise to your night out to your office wear there uh, for all you guys out there. And we've also recently launched a great new rewards platform. Now, this offers you 120 discounts at top retailers such as ASOS, Adidas, Tesco, Costa Coffee, Amazon. Marks and Spencers and many more. Cool. All the big brands there. That sounds pretty cool. And also, as well, having been on tour with the Barmy Army, Chris, I know that it's really good when you go away. That's when it really comes into its own, isn't it, the Barmy Army membership? Yeah, it's a massive part of what we do, um, touring lives. And one of the main things you can do when you're on tour, yeah, you can come to all of our events and get involved. That's what we're all about, being a big community overseas. But you can play cricket for us as well. And first-class members get the opportunity to play cricket at some of the most amazing grounds in the world. I know on the recent tours to Sri Lanka, West Indies, Australia, South Africa, we, we play a game of cricket around every test match. And the last game of cricket that we played was at Newlands in South Africa. So we, we had 30 to 40 first-class Barmy Army members that had the opportunity to play at Newlands, which was absolutely fantastic. So good. And look, in my humble and completely unbiased opinion, by the way, it's worth a 30 quid just to guarantee your tickets, really, for the army to sit in the holly stand at Edgebaston because it gets rocking, doesn't it? And then when you add in all the other stuff that you've just been mentioning, it becomes a little bit of a no-brainer. So, Chris, how do we sign up? Yep, so you can sign up at barmyarmy.com forward slash first class and be an official part of the greatest supporters group in any sport in the world. Now... I would say that, but I know a lot of people would agree. For only £30 a year, it's an absolute no-brainer. Back to the podcast with the skipper. Billy Root, how are you, pal? Ah, chaps. It's a Looking... special beard, actually, that. And a mullet as well. You look like yeah. what's the name Fleetwood, the golfer. He does a little bit, doesn't he? Yeah. yeah. Doesn't swing it like him. If you get to take his cap yeah. off, he's got some terror locks at the minute. He's dyed it blonde. Oh, Go on, get it off. Look at this. He looks like he looks like a poor man's Fernando Torres when he puts his hairband on. I just need a um, I need a blue and yellow headband for when they because now they can let me bowl again. I need a headband for bowling. Like, They've all been doing their own headbands, mate. I, I thought you were the headband guy. Well, I don't know if I have got Glamorgan colours, but I might be able to sort you something out. <laughs> uh, you're a good lad. 
There, there is talk of Brooksy actually um, growing his hair back to what it was like in his early Yorkshire days. I've got no choice at the minute. It's either get it all off, have a really terror haircut for the missus, or just let it go, which I'm going for letting it go. Yeah, so Busy am I. Bring okay. Susan Boyle back. That's what it should Boyle be. Boyle's coming back. How do you feel about that, Greggy? People well, letting the hair go. Well, look, you know, you lot are all blessed <laughs> with great follicles, whereas unfortunately I'm not. So, you know, we, we can't go down that route. It's fine. Um, Bill, first of all, how are you? What's what's happening in Wales? What's 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 new in, in the land of glam? You know what, James? This is frustrating because this is the best weather I've seen in Wales. <laughs> We've, it's been belting sunshine every day since the season should have started. It has, hasn't it? The county champo would have had the best start, wouldn't it? I've been thinking this last two or three weeks. I've been thinking, oh, there'd have been barely any games rained off. You'd have had full days play. It'd have been glorious. Batsmen would have been scoring a few runs. Not much cloud cover. You must be absolutely fuming, Bill. Yeah. Mind you, uh, it meant that we didn't play a friendly against Somerset. And uh, my track record against Brooksy in pre-season friendlies, not so good. <laughs> Brooksy, will you testify to that? You're not shy of telling us who you've got out on the pod. So, have you got Bill out a couple of times? Uh, I think so. Yeah, I think back um, of the bat. I think that you were unlucky a couple of times. I think. Nice. Um, Isn't he nice? Yeah, I did have a little bit of a laugh with him. I think he was sat. Who was he sat with? Was he sat with Greggy or Millard in the crowd at Henley when I I was fielding on the boundary and I turned and sort of looked in my pocket and I was looking at Bill? Yeah, you were sat with me. You sat sat with me. Yeah, and I I thought that was quite brutal. (laughs) Oh dear. Good job we get on, isn't it? Exactly. Exactly. Um, Bill, we've never had we've never had you on the pod before, have we, Bill? So and and you failing to mention he is the uh, Barmy Army ambassador. Exactly. I know, I've got your sticker on the back of my bat and you don't let me in. Absolutely, <laughs> I've, I've, been, I've been up and I've, I've sat in a room where you've podcasted with someone else, but never got the invite. You're right, yeah, it was Luke Fletcher, wasn't it? You came and sat in on that one, actually. That was uh, that was good stuff. Anyway, you're on for real now. First of all, what's it like down there? Different culture, different way of life. Um, great. You learn Welsh. Yes, that's what Millard uh, wants to know. A couple know. of words, mate. A couple of words, but not much. Go on, give us give us your best Welsh. Uh, my bowler tossed a V. What's that mean? <laughs> it means it means, it means my belly hurts. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that is fantastic. That is. Mate, I saw you got flooded in the winter, didn't you? Oh yeah. Oh, it's terrible. That we got flooded video. in. It was ridiculous. So, Didn't some woman go past on a little canoe or something? She, yeah, there's a lady around the corner that owns a kayak business up on the River Usk, and uh, she was floating around with the, the kayaks. The dog was perched on the top, loving life, and uh, I asked to borrow one to nip around the shops in. <laughs> shops at the pub. Fished up at the co-op, t- tied my kayak up. Stopped off at the King's Head on the way back. Yeah, I bet you did. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I just, I'm sorry, there was no, no police chasing me. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that is brilliant. That the is... Coast Guard might have been out. But... <laughs> <laughs> is it all dried up then now, that, is it? What, what, what do you reckon yeah, the deck would be like at Sapphire Gardens? Like Costa del Cardiff, mate. Beautiful weather here. Love it, love it. You did all right last year, early season. We were saying actually, you know, the the, the weather's 
The weather's a bit disappointing, you know, how good it is at the moment. But you did you did really well last year. You scored like pretty much all your runs early on, didn't you? So yeah, that must thanks, be... pal. It's just stinking finished, yeah. <laughs> you did. It's a fact. And you've missed the first half of this year, so <laughs> hey, exactly. Yeah, when you do when you do restart, you'll score loads, mate. That's what I'm trying to say. Are you um Thanks, mate? Was that nice at a new club coming in, scoring an absolute barrel load just to sort of bed in nicely? Yeah, it may it was. It made me feel a lot more comfortable knowing that you know, we had the uni game and to be fair. I couldn't have asked for better batting pitches. There were absolute roads. Didn't really go off the straight until <laughs> until the, where it normally does, you know. And then I cashed in, got a bit lucky in a couple of games, and then thankfully I scored the runs when when uh, at that point. So the environment was quite an easy one to just sort of slide into, you know. If you're playing well, it's it's a nice place to be a change room, isn't it? And we, we were winning games. We were. We were on top of draws. We, we did all right in the one-day comp, so it was a nice little changing room uh, atmosphere to, to sort of start my my Glen Morgan career. How in. good is um, how good's Marnus Labashain then? You would have seen him up close, wouldn't you? Yeah, yeah. He's well. He's a Routy very talented player. Too much of him, but yeah. But we we saw a very um, a quick change. You know, he started off and he's sort of getting used to the English pitches, and then all of a sudden something just clicked with him, and everything at the middle of the bat. Yeah, 500s on the bounce. I think he got for us. Did you um, speak to speak to Joe and give him any tips when he was scoring runs in the Ashes? <laughs> I said he's, I said he's a good player and he's he's going to play well. I asked. I was like, right, how are we getting him out? You played with him. You batted the other end with him. How's he been getting out? Oh, he just bowls straight and he leaves straight ones. That's all I got. <laughs> no, you practice with him every day, and all he said was bowl straight. He leaves him. I thought he paid you to sort of say, right, don't, <laughs> do don't give him anything on me. Don't give him anything on me. I got nothing. No brother. <laughs> Couldn't get anything out of him. So <laughs> that's how good the dressing room is at Glamorgan. They proper look after each other there. <laughs> exactly, mate. Exactly. Bill, I'm right in thinking you've got more counter championship hundreds than fifties. Uh, yeah, I think so. What, 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 what <laughs> this is going. Fifties. What an outstanding stat that is. Yeah, well, that's a proper that's a proper conversion rate, right that isn't it? You've got to go on, ain't you? Yeah. Where where are you going with this, Chris? Problem is, Chris, I ain't got that many fifties. <laughs> <laughs> We were talking. We were, we, I, I think. Um, I think he was trying. I think to answer Joe's question, he was probably going down the route of. Uh, in fact, I don't know actually, Chris. Why don't you tell us the route? No, no, Gregor, you you were obviously onto something. No, there. I'm you not sure now. I think I'm not sure. So anyway, anyway, we'll we'll leave we'll leave it there. Oh, you were going for a bit of Joe bashing there, weren't you? I think we were. Well, well, it wasn't me. It was it was Chris that brought it up. Um, <laughs> but how how nice has it been to see um, the start of Bill's career, Joe? Um, you know, over the last couple of years. In fact, actually, he's probably won more domestic trophies than you've had a chance to win, hasn't he? Really, you know, winning the you know Div 2 and then the One Day Cup, T20 final as well. Awesome. That must have been really cool. We, we Did you, you know, watching that from afar on the telly and whatnot, that must have been pretty cool. Yeah, very cool. Um, it's, been a, it's been a journey, hasn't it, Bill? I mean, you look at, a couple of years ago, when he went went to Notts, playing in the second team, 
And you did it the hard way, didn't you? You sort of had to work your way through that second team, earn your stripes, score bag load of second team runs. And then you finally got your opportunity uh, and had a bit of a breakthrough season in the One Day Cup in particular. Scored a lot of runs in, in white ball cricket. And then the back end of that championship season, scored 100 alongside Reedy, who also scored 100. In, was that his last game? Was that, that the was his, last, his last game, yeah. Yeah. Um, massive partnership to take you up. Um, I'm, you know, I followed it the whole way, and yeah, it was. Uh, it's very proud to be able to sit back and see you, see you do that sort of thing from the sideline. Um, uh, yeah, it was. It was difficult to watch the following season when you didn't get many opportunities. But obviously, the way that you went through the start of last year at Glamorgan to bed in and settle in a, a new club in the fashion that he did was was outstanding and a testament to how hard he worked. I think. Um, the last couple of years in particular found a nice way of preparing and getting yourself right and your, your mindset towards the game has matured massively. Um, so hopefully you can kick on in the next couple of years and really do some special things in the county game and who knows from there. How many times have you played against each other in county cricket? Just once? And you, you, who drove? Did you, you went together in the, in the car, didn't you, to the game? We did, yeah. yeah. took Bill. And then you also want Joe hit did Joe hit Bill for a six to win the game? Mm. I was trying to I was trying to bring him out of his crease to get him <laughs> stump. And uh, he, he was having none of it. Just I pulled the pin and lobbed it up there and he just sat on his poles and clonked it over long on. <laughs> was it a bit odd though for you two? Obviously you're very close and you would have played a lot against each other in the back garden and stuff, but was it quite strange to be playing against each other in like a professional game? Horrible. I found it awful. <laughs> when he came out to bat, I think I was at deep cover. I just opened it. Didn't come anywhere near me. <laughs> it's weird. You're desperate for your, you know, desperate for him to do well. Um, and then to be on the field, you're trying to, you're never going to compromise trying to win a game of cricket. But um, it, was, it was a very strange feeling on the field. But as soon as he started sledging me when he was bowling us that crap, I'm having this. I was there, red mist, everything, back to backyard cricket. It was like being 10 years old again. Well, we had three international bowlers bowling at you. They couldn't get you. I thought, right, here we go. I'm going to have to talk him out here. And I think I made the wrong, uh, the wrong game plan at that point. I think they just didn't give you enough overs. That was all. Yeah, have give yourself a few more runs to play with. You'd have definitely, I'd have definitely lobbed one up in the air at some point. <laughs> yeah. Oh dear. Before you came on, Bill, we were just about to start talking about South Africa because it seems months and months and months and months ago that doesn't it? Even though it was actually this mm. year, it's the only cricket we really seen. Did you did you watch much of that, Bill, for a start? And because it was such a good tour, and obviously it's friendly with the time difference and all that kind of stuff. It was brilliant, wasn't it? I loved it. It was. It was. It was really refreshing to see um, all the the younger lads take massive um, take take it on, like and the the responsibility that they they took. And just you know, it was like they played fifty tests each, especially sort of Crawley and Sibley, the way they played Labada and Vernon on sometimes tricky pitches. I thought was it, it watching it from the outside was as if they they played a load of tests. Yeah, and Joe, I mean, look, we talk, we, we spoke to Bess Sibley Crawley, but then there's Pope, Sam Curran, all fantastic young players, all contributed as well. I mean, 
you know, best bowled fantastically at Port Elizabeth. That was probably my favourite kind of performance. And they all seem an absolute joy to kind of be, a, you know, be a, a captain for and captain of and in charge of. Um, so best bowls fantastically at Port Elizabeth. And then there was another off spinner who did really well in the second innings at Port Elizabeth. Um, and he was so close to his first test five for so close. He tried, um, didn't he? He did try. He did try. Yeah. Uh, Eva, Eva gave himself a new ball. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hey, honestly, you got I mean, it on really nicely. You, honestly, you had it on a string, didn't you? To be fair, and you bought what were you for? You were four for sort of not very many at one stage, weren't you? And then, and then obviously the close of play came, and look, you bowled brilliantly, so you deserved to try. You know, you, you'd earn the right to try and have a few overs at trying to get your your five for, hadn't you? And it was, it, I mean, that must have been so agonising because you finished up four for eighty-seven, I think it was, wasn't it? But everybody in the stand, Chris, we were in the stand, weren't we? We were all absolutely egging you on to try and get that five for. Does it does it does it rankle with you a bit, or do you reckon you'll get another go? Well, I'm captain, so I'll get another go. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, I am for now, anyway. So, but it was it is what it is. It's quick, isn't it? That's how it goes sometimes. Uh, I've got out between fifty and hundred enough times to know what it's like to to fall short. Of what you're going for, so I wasn't where I was going earlier. <laughs> <laughs> but that's that's just it. That's the game. It's the most. Imp- I know it's a bit of a cliche thing to say, but the most important thing is we won. We played brilliant cricket for four days, four and a bit days, and we won. And we thoroughly deserved to win with a young team. Um, and you look back at the whole that series, um, and the first game we had uh, we had about ten blokes go down ill. Um, we had staff ill. It was a, it wasn't a great dressing room to be honest. There was people running off the field to be sick and to um, get some emodium on board uh, and and try and look after themselves. There was a f- three or four lads that couldn't leave the hotel for four or five days, and it was a hard start to the trip. Um, and then to come back as we did in Cape Town, play them the way that we did, um, and to finish the game off in the way that we did as well. Um, that that last session of the on the fifth day, the atmosphere that the well that the Barmy Army produced was incredible, and the way Stokesy just powered through in that last spell with some some brilliant catching and some some good spells at the other end um, was incredible. It really was. It made those those are the wins that you remember. The ones that take five days hard work that come right down to the end. Um, you have to give absolutely everything for, and it, it that that was the turning point in the series. Now you've got a young lad in, in Dom Sibley go and make his first 100 in the second innings. Um, Bessie bowled fantastically well in the first first innings, well, throughout the game, but the first innings to go at around about two and over, control the game. For a young off-spin on a wicket that wasn't responsive was, was outstanding. Coming into the series and coming into the team, um, having not been in the initial squad, was very impressive. But it was just... All round, everyone contributed. Jimmy Anderson showing his class once again. What what a performer he is, Pfeiffer. And then the, yeah. the work that the, the rest of the guys did to, to pick up his workloads when, unfortunately, he went down injured. Uh, it shows great team spirit. It shows where we were as a team. And uh, everyone's sort of forgotten that a day before the game, Rory, Rory Burns rolls his ankle and you know, Zach's got to come in. And he scored 80 in the, in the previous test and uh, looked a million dollars coming off the back of a hundred in New Zealand as well. So um, 
was, it was a, there was a few things that we had to deal with throughout, but I thought we did it really well. And the young guys really did step up, like you say. Um, some some brilliant talent to, to look forward to in many years to come. Um, and, you know, that, that sort of improved and we got on a roll. And, and those guys, uh, they dragged the, the senior players with them. I know that they guided them throughout uh, and helped them along the way, but their performances and their energy uh, played a massive part in in what we achieved there. You know, I remember there was quite a lot of debate around the, the week before or over the course of that month around four-day test matches. I remember checking my watch when Zach Crawley took that catch and it was like 10 to 5 on day 5. Five-day test match, cricket at his best, just completely put that debate to bed. But was there a moment at that, the lunch at that test or at the tea where you thought, oh God, we could run out of time here almost, we could run out of days? At T, definitely, yeah. Um, and, and we declared as well. So you're sort of looking back at, have I pulled the pin too late? Yeah. Um, was was this a better wicket than we thought as it got better? You know, I, I, I did. It wasn't the fact that we didn't bowl well enough. I thought we were brilliant. So you sort of, then it goes back to your decision-making as a captain. Have, have I left us too much to do? Not giving us enough time, but... It wasn't the case. We timed it perfectly. Made for great entertaining cricket. And when you've got Ben Stokes in your team and someone that has his drive, determination and will to win games, um, you always feel like you've got a chance. I mean, we needed five wickets in that last session and we pulled it off. And it's amazing when it looked like a mountain to climb for South Africa at the start of day five. And they played so well for those first two sessions, some brilliant partnerships. But as soon as you feel like you're safe. It's a dangerous place to be. And that was the one thing that stuck in our mind and that we discussed at T really was the longer this goes on and the safer they feel, the more we'll come into the game because there is enough happening in the wicket and we just got to keep keep driving to try and do everything we can to take the chances when they come. And we, we stuck in there. We were well supported uh, and it made for a fantastic finale. There's a question that I want to ask both of you, both Bill and Joe here. Is there many moments where... You both go, or you know, when you're playing in a game, or you're on tour, or whatever it is, and you kind of go, "Wow!" and you take stock of your surroundings, or it might be somebody that you're meeting, or whatever it is. It was really interesting hearing from Zach Crawley. He actually didn't name any names. I think he was too embarrassed to kind of say the senior players like Anderson, Broad, yourself, Joe, and etc. But he was saying like, when he, it's just simple as play, sitting in the hotel room playing a game of cards or whatever it is with people who he's grown up on the TV watching. And he's like, oh my word, you know, and it was like almost like a out-of-body experience. These were moments like that where you, you, you have that moment and you think, that is unbelievable. I'm trying to think of an example, you know, that, that springs to mind. I suppose, Joe, you met the Queen, for example, at Lords and a few years ago, you know. Th- there must be moments for both of you. Start with Bill. Is there any players where you do think that, who you've sort of, who've played a lot of tests for England and you think, oh my goodness? Uh, yeah, I mean, one for me was, as a left-hander, the years I was sort of really trying to, I knew that I wanted to play cricket and that, uh, when you start trying to emulate players, Sangakara was a massive one for me. So playing against him was was something really special. Like I really wanted him to get out, so because we were in a final. But I also really wanted to watch him bat as well. Yeah, I mean, what watching him for so long and sort of like trying to 
look at the way he does things, look how he plays a sweep shot, that sort of stuff. And then for him to be, I don't know, 15 yards away, smacking it past me, I'm like, oh, oh no. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but at the same time, I was just so amazed that I'd watched him for so long and now I'm playing against him. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah, I can imagine. Did you have a chance to chat to him? Did you have a chance to chat to him? Yeah, I had a chat with him at the end of the game, just talking about playing spin, really. And he's, he's such a lovely guy and he's, he's, he's incredibly intelligent. The way he talks about cricket is, you know, you feel like you know nothing when you speak to someone like that. <laughs> but yeah, it was that was that was one of those moments for me. Yeah. Joe, I mean, you look, you've been around the game, you know, very, very, very long time, Joe, now. And it's almost like, you know, second nature, I suppose, when you're meeting these kind of greats of the game. But there must be the odd time when you kind of go, oh, my word, and 15-year-old Rooty comes out. I reckon going on that first tour with England was a big, big one. I remember turning up at the airport and we'd just been to, uh, the, it was the champion, T20 Champions League. So I'd flown back from South Africa with Yorkshire, straight to Heathrow from Gatwick. And they were flying to Dubai for a week's training before we went to India. I've never been in the squad before. I didn't know anyone. I was 21 years old. I've turned up um, and there's this stash of kit right, lined up there. I've got cricket coffin, uh, duffel bag, got all my shirts, all my, um, my training kit. And I'm absolutely buzzing. And then there's this suit as well. We're traveling in a suit, guys. So Phil Neal, the team manager, here's your suit, Joe. Go and get changed. Everyone else has got their ties on and they're looking very smart. Put this suit on and get the jacket on. And the jacket was absolutely massive. <laughs> uh, a genuine, it was Chris Chem Chris Tremlett's blazer. So I've stood there like, and there's like, I reckon about three or four inches. I, mean, I, I gave it, once I got off the tour, I gave it to my dad because it was way too big for me. And he, at least he filled it out a little bit more. Um, <laughs> You're about three inches taller than him. Yeah, but he's a bit chunkier than I am. So um, <laughs> roll the sleeves up, Dad. Who can roll it? He could get it, yeah, shortened or whatever. But honestly, it was it was huge. So I'm walking around the airport like I'm in 1991 with rolled up suit sleeves next to between Kevin Peterson, Stuart Broad, and then just about to go to the gate, and then they're one of the. So I'm trying to introduce myself. They all think I'm like this laughing stock. I looked about 15 anyway. <laughs> um, so it was, it was a bit like we've, we're, we're taking a, a child with us as a bit of a mascot. <laughs> um, I remember trying to sort of introduce myself to like Kevin Peterson, Stuart Broad, Graham Swan, Matt Prime. I'm thinking, gee, this is amazing. Uh, and then one of the... One of the uh, administrators at the ECB came up to me and said, really sorry, we've not got your visa sorted in time. You've got to stay in. So I had to wait an extra day. <laughs> you travel. No, I had to travel on my own um, the following day and I missed the first two days of the camp. <laughs> so not only did it, was I traveling in a suit that was far too big for me, I was all on my own as well. But it is what it is. It was, it was good fun. Uh, so that was a bit surreal. So trying to fit into a group of players like you say you look back and they, they won 20 some of those players won 20 20 world cups multiple ashes um and uh, already achieved so many great things in the game and you sort of right at the start of your journey and like wow this is amazing uh, and trying to give yourself that 
mindset of being a sponge, really, try and absorb as much information as you can, take on as much as you can, watch them train, watch how they do things on and off the field, learn as much as possible, and then adapt what you can to your own game. Um, but yeah, that, that was my first taste of, of test cricket. <laughs> and and Tendulka was there. <laughs> yeah, that was the other thing. I mean, I walked out in my first test, um, Sati Tendulka's playing. No, he walks out to bat, and I, I can't remember. I think it was, um, might have been Pajara. Pajara got out, and the whole crowd cheered in India because Sachin was next in. They were like, they didn't care that they'd lost the wicket. They just wanted to see Sachin bat in Mumbai. And it was an amazing thing to see. The ground doubled, the, the capacity doubled in size. The amount of people that came through the gate for that, the period of time that he batted was unbelievable. And, you know, to think that he, he made his test debut before I was born and then he was playing in my test debut just shows that how long he'd been around in international cricket, what he'd achieved. Yeah. Uh, and to get the opportunity to, to share the field with him was, was incredible, really. It's something that, you know, I mean, look back at it now, 100 and, was it 101 international hundreds, 100 hundreds? It's just it's crazy. It's so many runs on its own. It's, yeah. Uh, yeah, it's incredible. He didn't get more hundreds than 50s, though, did he? <laughs> <laughs> You haven't yet. No, I've got four or five fifties or something. Yeah. And how many and how many hundreds Brooks? I'm never getting another ton, so <laughs> never say never. You said that first time. Yeah. I can't get another one, can I? Yeah, I think didn't you want to have a little word with uh, Rooty actually? Because he nicked your celebration, Brooksy. Oh, yeah, I give him jibes about it now and again anyway. Unbelievable. <laughs> Unbelievable. It's best, actually, because hopefully I'm not going to be um, remembered for doing it because he did it against India in a one-day. You know what? I, I've honestly not received... I've had so much abuse about that in the dressing room. <laughs> I remember walking off and literally every player to a man was like, what the hell were you doing? <laughs> I was like, I genuinely, really I, I don't know. I was just, I, I could sort of, he bowled, I think he bowled two wides in the over. And then that was like a waste, borderline waste high no ball. And it was like, he's trying to finish the game so that I couldn't get my 100. And it's not about 100s. It's about winning the series and winning the game. And obviously, but when you see someone like, almost feels like they're deliberately trying to, um, it was more of a, it was, yeah. Just the way I was feeling at the time. I love it. Um, I don't believe it when you. But do I don't it. know where it came from, and then I remember dropping it, and then I was like, "Oh no, I've got to go and pick that up now." Um, <laughs> like, what? What have I just done? Like, you can't. You can't get away with that as a as a top England player. Like, I'm yeah, a but number eleven, like people yeah. Don't really <laughs> I know, but I think you look back and it's like Grant Elliott did it to get to the World Cup final, and yeah. he smashed it out of the park. I crudded it inside half it and it like barely got to the boundary. <laughs> That's the embarrassing bit. Right? No I mean, one remembers the, the... They just remember the celebration, so it's fine. The, the disappointing so... thing about yours, Jack, was that, you know, that with the Crick Snap cameras, it was kind of just off camera. Yeah, it was nearly off camera, wasn't it? So I ran that we, we could see what happened, but it, it, I think it would have been so much better if you just did it by the keeper. <laughs> <laughs> Next time... Arrogant. It was against Lanks, mate. I was I was pumped doing a job for the boys, wasn't I? Yeah. Yes. It was quick as well. You belted him, didn't you? Uh, 
Uh, in what? As in how many balls it took? Yeah. Uh, 136 or 140, something oh, like that. Proper knock. <laughs> oh, don't pretend you don't Roughly. know. Don't pretend you don't know. Yeah, or something <laughs> like that. The innings, I can remember ball for ball. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Love that. Um, Millard, is it time for your quiz for the roots? So tonight, um, Bill, Joe, we have something a little bit different and a little bit special. We're going to play a round of Mr. and Mrs., but brother and brother. So I'm going to read a set of questions out, and you're going to answer either Joe or Bill, or J or B, to keep it simple for the listeners. Now, we're going to try and find out who the better brother is. We all know about your cricketing talent, so these are non-cricket-related questions. Oh, good. I've got a chance then. So an example, so we can have a little run through just to check it, it works. Um, who's got the longer hair? Billy. Billy. Perfect. So we both went Billy. That's correct. Billy does have the longer hair. Right, we're going to get straight into it with the first question. Who had the messier bedroom growing up? B. B. <laughs> If we ever have, if, if we have to have a pause to understand why that answer came out, we will do. But that was pretty obvious. Who's the best? Who's the better pool player? Jay. <laughs> Big disagreement here. Big disagreement. <laughs> uh, when this lockdown finishes, we're having ten best of ten. You yeah, must- but we'll play on a proper table, not your little kids' table. Uh, 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 uh. We're playing, well, we can play half and half then. All right. How can you have a best of 10, by the way? Uh, you know what I mean? Uh, first to first 10. To 10. First to 10. I'm glad you picked up first on that, brother, because three. we didn't. <laughs> the best question of three. Question three. <laughs> Who's the better brother at remembering birthdays? Jay. Jay. <laughs> okay. Do you have to remind Bill, Joe? Nah, he's pretty good to be fair. I just didn't want to say me. So. Uh, say Bill. So. <laughs> the next one. Who's the better golfer? B. B. Wow. Ooh. Admitting defeat. I didn't defeat. think the handicap suggested that. Look how gutted Joe is as well when he's I saying I mean, if, if I had Joe's short game, we'd be a good golfer. Like, and he, like if we swapped, if he had my long game and his short game, he'd be a hell of a golfer. The thing is, Bill's a far better player than me. He, well, you, you're about seven or eight now, right? So I'm yeah. about 12. Between Fluctuates between 10 or 12. But my actual official handicap is 13.1 at, my, at the club that I play at. Fast, um, yeah. But on, on tour, um, I don't play off that because the last thing you want to do when you're playing with the rest of the lads is win. You almost want to come second because it's just not worth the grief <laughs> that you get. Um so I generally play off 10, between 10 and 12, because that's generally what we all play off anyway. And it's a good even, even game. But whenever I play against Bill, and I've only ever lost once, I think. Once or twice. No, um, that's a good record. I just, it's, a, it's a mental edge I've got over him. I think it's some little jabs that I get in there verbally that just obviously hit home and his footer goes very cold <laughs> and his short game gets a bit uh, twitchy. So... I've got that on him at least. It's he's true. Definitely it's a better golfer than you're a far better swimmer. Far better swimmer. <laughs> I am on a golf course, not on a not on a cricket field. Terrible on a cricket field. I always keep my mouth shut. I was going to say you don't really say it on well. from memory, Rosie. 
No, I very rarely get involved verbally. What about you, Bill? Are you uh, what are you like on a? On, on, I mean, you know, Joe says that. Well, you you reckon that Joe's the better sledger on the golf course. What are you like on the cricket fields, Bill? Oh, I, I like to uh, make sure the energy's up. So most of the time, I'm just yarning to my teammates through a batter or over the batter. But I'm not a sledger. I mean, I'm not really intimidating enough to sledge anyone, am I? Hey, I'm not sure about with that long blonde hair. I think you can pull it off, actually. But you know, yeah, well, like Robbie Savage. Yeah, <laughs> yes, exactly. Genuine, Lily Savage. Oh dear! Right, Millard. Next question. Next one. Who's the better singer? Neither of us. Neither. Yeah. Shocking singers. Both partial to a guitar, though. I know Joe's quite advanced, but Bill, you're learning as well. Yeah, I've just, I've just I been taking it up, really, mate. I'm uh, learning the ropes. Quite enjoying it. It's tough, though. Tough, very tough, very tough. Do you not try and um, give a few notes while you're playing? Bit of a sing song. I know you don't particularly, Rooty, but well, there's not many words in the introductions, and that's all I've learned so far. <laughs> You know, obviously, the intro, I nailed it, yes. Champagne sleeping over is quite long, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. Right, the next one. Who's the better driver? I'm playing golf again, are we? In a car. <laughs> oh. Dead. Yeah, he's got better equipment, hasn't he? <laughs> Hang on. Calm down. How many times have <laughs> you to pass your test? <laughs> Two. Exactly. Well, there we go. I've got to say, though, they're on that, though, Bill, isn't it right that you'd scored some runs for Glamorgan last year early on and that obviously then meant that you were qualified for the Aston Martin because you're sponsored by the Aston Martin you know, dealership, I'm guessing, in Cardiff. Tell us the story behind this because I think that is such a cool sponsorship. And what did you have to score to qualify? Was it a double hundred or something? So I think way back when, when... uh... Jack Rudolph was captain. He and I think that's when the sponsorship started. This is what I've been told. I think um, if so he said if some anyone scores a double hundred, we'll give you an Aston Martin for a month. And uh, I got one last year. Fantastic. So and I got dropped on no. So <laughs> I need to. Uh, I was going to see if uh, the lad that panned it wanted to share it fifteen days a month. <laughs> <laughs> Who was it? It dropped you. Uh, oh, hang on, Ricardo Vasconcelos. Oh yeah, North answer. Good one pronunciation. One of the nicest blokes in the game. <laughs> one of the nicest blokes. <laughs> yeah. So you're saying about better equipment, but you know, I mean, you had the Aston Martin. Have you given it back now? Have you? Oh, long gone, James. Yeah. Oh, in one piece. They must have. They must have been following me and uh, seen me driving and thought, "Oh, we best have it back quick." <laughs> Did four thousand miles in a month. <laughs> Fourteen. Should have seen it. So took it to Durham away. <laughs> <laughs> right. The last two questions. Who's the best dancer? Again, I think neither of us. Jay, I'd say me, just. Oh, arrogant. oh, wow! Yeah, you can have that one. I mean, we're talking about we're talking I'm about not, neither being the benchmark. It. So yeah, I'm happy to sit here and not go chasing a strictly gig. 
I don't think you need to worry about that. There's no way I'll be going near that. Um, <laughs> oh. oh dear. Right, and the final one on the on the theme of strictly a little bit. Who's the longest in the mirror? Oh, Joseph. B. Oh, <laughs> I think so between, between you and Greg, next time you see my mum, ask who's the most vain. Okay. Then you'll get a good answer. <laughs> Hang on, that's not fair though, because you're the favourite child, so she'll just say whatever you ask. Oh, it oh, oh, now it's begun. <laughs> <laughs> this is great. I think we should just mute all our microphones, lads, and let these two crack on here. Um, <laughs> Leave them I love the fact that, hang on, but Billy's got streaks in his hair. So I'm kind of siding with Joe a little bit here. You know, he's, he's dyed his hair blonde. That's vanity, isn't it? Well, that, no, because I don't care what I look like. So I just thought, oh, why not? <laughs> I don't care what I like. So I'll spend 15 quid on some terror dye. <laughs> hour and a half, put it in. <laughs> I, 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 I didn't do any of it. I just yeah. sat there. Played Pokemon sure. Go. <laughs> Are you happy with it now? Oh, it's all right, isn't it? I mean, it's better than Greggy's, so I'll, I'll take it. But I've got a lot of time for a flare lid, mate, so I'm a big fan. Thanks. Thank you, Jack. That's what I was after. Thank you. Likewise. Yeah. I'm on the wrong podcast here, I think. <laughs> <laughs> You're trying to get a hair transplant through this, though, aren't you? Well, I was planning a trip to Turkey before this uh, this this lockdown thing. I could have had my teeth done and my hair done for under three grand. It'd have been brilliant, but you know, <laughs> you do come back very red from there, mate. Yeah. <laughs> anyone listening in Turkey that could um, facilitate this for James, and please email in info at blarmyarmy.com. I know. You know. I think. I think nothing will beat the opening bowling combination of Sidebottom and Brooks circa 2011. It was Bad awesome. Lids, though, isn't it? Bad lids. Hopefully, mine will come. I back. remember. I remember being at mid-off, having to get the caps. So you go, they got out a fine leg or whatever. You'd run around and pick the caps up, and then you give it to the umpire. As he gave it to the umpire, it's like just like strands of hair falling out. <laughs> <laughs> it just it got stuck. Oh. The only county championship dressing room to have bottles of condi- conditioner and frizzies on the side in the dressing room. Hey, I didn't put anything in mine. Sid, he had all, all the products. He had, he had the lot. He had the he lot. Had everything. He? He'd spend ages. I would just use a bit of shower gel shampoo and that would brush it maybe and just towel dry and that would be it. Maybe. <laughs> Fantastic. See, all this is alien stuff to me now. It's stuff that I'm just going to ignore. Lads, it's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you both for coming on. It's Thanks been, for having us. It's all right. No problem at all. And... um yeah, uh, look, I hope we get some cricket in as well at some point in the you know in the not too distant future. I won't ask you about that because nobody has a blooming clue, do they? Nobody has a clue when it's happening. So, lads, pleasure, all the best, and um, I'll see you again soon, Billy and Joe Root. Cheers, boys. Thanks for coming on, lads. Cheers, boys. Cheers, lads. Cheers, boys. Appreciate it. Ta-ra. Ta-ra, ta-ra, ta-ra. <laughs> see you, mate.
Sports Social Podcast Network.